0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, Welcome to another episode of the Femi Daniels Show. On today's episode, it's pretty cool because I have one of my friend, a ninja closer, as you can see on his shirt. Um, He's <laughs> one of my very good friends um, out in Arizona, actually. And he's in the real estate industry like I am. Um, but I wanted to bring him on this podcast so that he can have a little bit of conversation with you guys and kind of you guys' tips and strategies to really get in started. Because um, a lot of you really think that I, I started just with like a shitload of money and everything. But if there's one person that can give you strategies on how you can get started in real estate without really having that much money or that much knowledge off the rip, um, I think Monique will be a great person. So without further ado, I'll let you come in, man, and just you know introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about you you know, just some little backstory.
1: So really understand who we're talking to. Thank you. Thank you so much for the introduction. Um, it's really a um, honor to, be, to be on your podcast, man. I've heard a lot about it. I follow you on social. I'm a big fan of all the, the stuff you're putting out there on social media. You're helping, a lot of definitely helping a lot of people. So uh, a little bit about myself. My name is Muneef Saza. I got started into real estate. Um, a few years ago, I did, i joined a lot of mentorship programs in real estate i didn't i spent a lot of money to the point where i was taking out a second mortgage on my personal residence my primary residence i took in a second mortgage just to pay for these mentorships and i i made no money from them and then i joined um the mentorship that we're both in right now um sub yeah. two i work at i'm a big <laughs> proponent of Pace and the sub two <laughs> community and that's, that's where things started clicking for me because that's where I was able to build my network out and learn the strategy of using other people's money to do my deals. So I, I remember joining the community and, you know, they, they charge, um, a member membership fee a one time, lifetime fee, they get in and I was like, you know what, this is it. Like, if this doesn't make me money, I'm going to give up, like I've done it all. I've been doing this and I can't figure this out. And if I don't really figure it out now, I'm done. And I'm not spending any more money because the previous programs had me, you know, buy virtual assistants to call for me, had me pull lists. I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars pulling lists, spending on virtual assistants. It was a lot. And
0: Sorry, to cut you off. But if you could estimate how much you had spent up until joining Sub Two prior, just to give people like uh, a understanding of how 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 willing you were to go really like actually learn this stuff, how much would
1: you say you had spent? I spent above fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Man, I spent. I mean, maybe maybe thirty thousand went for uh, membership fees. Um, programs, you know, three, three, three day events to learn. I I, I plane tickets, hotels, that kind of stuff, maybe $30,000 on that. And then another $20,000 on marketing. I would Mm. spend one program was like, Hey, you got to spend, uh, you know, $5,000 on direct mail. So you, you find a market and you send the mailers. So I did that. And I didn't know what to do when, when they called me, when someone said, hey, I want to sell you my house, I didn't know what to do, because they never mm-hmm. taught me that. So right. I, I would have a, a script, script, I'd read the script, but what if the, the customer would go off script? I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're supposed to stick to the script that I have in front of me. Like, uh, that's my response. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I didn't give up though. I, I, I joined Sub2, um, I had a family member who was in it, who was in the mentorship, It was like, dude, like, if you're going to do anything, you should join Pace Morby's group. So I joined the group. And wow, what what do I say? Uh, they were like, you know, they, they had um, role-playing sessions, you know, four hours yeah. a day, five days a week. And I was like, let me go into this and actually learn how to communicate effectively. And I would just role-play, 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 role-play. Just, and, and the people you're role-playing with, we're not using scripts. We're just this conversation. And it's like, they would ask me a question like, hey, what's the name of your company? Where are you based out of? How how, how many years have you been doing this? What do you do with that property? How are you gonna pay it on all cash? They would ask me questions that they would stump me and I'd have to go figure out an appropriate answer. Right. I started, I didn't have it. I didn't have <laughs> one I didn't have any of that. And I'd just say the, the the answer is the answer I would say, I learned to say this would be. I don't have a website. I don't want to spend time building and developing a website because I'm not some big company. I'm a private investor. I'm a private mm-hmm. investor to get you a better deals than some of these bigger companies. Oh, and wow. if, yeah, if you want to, if you want a big you know, company like open door or Redfin to come buy your house, sure. They'll, they'll buy it, but they're not going to pay as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And that, I would, think
0: that, that alone, <laughs> That alone really puts me into perspective on how you stand out in your, you know, and how you became such a great closer. I think the way you mix in, you know, just the honesty of the situation, um, you know, to the sellers, I think it's a very different approach because a lot of like, like you said, a lot of mentorships and a lot of just people in general, you know, you have, they, they teach you to like, just sell yourself as this big company. Oh, you know, my partner's this and that. But every time I've listened to like your closings or whatever, it's so personable that I feel like the sellers almost immediately within minutes start to feel like they're your friend, and it's like, okay, how can we, how can we solve this situation and buy a house? Was this, do you feel like this is something that's always been in you, like um, to like kind of be able to connect with people on a personal one-to-one level, or is this something that you also learned within the sub-two community? And how do you feel like it helps you stand out?
1: That's a really good question. So, the Substitute community gave me a platform to practice. Mm. It was zero pressure. It was a platform where I could role play with, you know, I probably role played thousands of calls with hundreds of people this past nine, nine, twelve months. And it gave me a platform to communicate and role play. Now, the, the question you asked before that was, was it a need to communicate the way I do? And the answer is yes. I never liked reading scripts and I never liked lying or misleading about what I can do. I never liked saying I've been doing this for 10 years. I don't like saying that even if it's in a script or my company has been doing this for 10 years or my partner is blah, 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 or making myself seem a lot bigger than I am. What I like, I learned to say is if somebody's like, how long have you been doing this? I learned to say, oh, I've been doing this long enough, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about it, just enough. <laughs> just long enough, you know what I mean, and then I just start laughing. <laughs> and they laugh, and then it subject. I mean, and that seemed more congruent to my personality, and it felt more honest, and it just made it so... One of my worst fears was like, man, what if I, if I lie about something and somebody catches me on it, I will lose so much credibility with them, but then I'll lose it with myself because I will will not be confident in the next call. I'll be like, who else is, you know, out there like digging into. So I'm like, let me just, let me just speak the truth. And so no one can ever challenge me. No one can ever say, hey, you you know, you, you misled me, you said this, but I found out this later. And that has served me well because if somebody looks me up and they're like hey you own this company that does isn't even registered to do business in the state i can say yeah i told you i'm i'm not local you already know i'm not local so that's true <laughs> yeah that's true right i never i never say hey i drove by your house or i buy properties in this area i never say that cuz it's not true unless i did buy a property in that area
0: area right <laughs> wow that's 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 a completely different approach. Um, immediately, just off the bat, and I really appreciate you for sharing that. Um, and for people listening, you know that that just shows like you know your communication style plays a very big role, and also just keeping the integrity of the whole situation. Because like like Manif just rightly said, it, what if what if the person actually does do their due diligence on you and catches you in all this is lies? So now you're. You're basically going to have to start all over again, building that trust and that rapport with them and then having to explain yourself. And But most importantly, like you mentioned, you lose credibility in yourself. You start to feel like, am I trustworthy? Am I really qualified to buy the house? There's a lot of self-doubt that starts to creep in. Meanwhile, if you just told the person like, hey, you know, I'm a private investor. I know enough, but, you know, I haven't been doing this for like 10 years, like many other companies, but I'm willing to work with you. It goes away a, a longer way. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So, you know, you got started in this thing. You did a little bit of role play and everything. How how long from, um, starting the mentorship did you find your first deal? And what what was the
1: situation behind that deal? That's such a good question. And it's so interesting because I I got my first deal about three, three and a half months into joining the mentorship. And I told myself, I'm not going to spend any more money. I'm done spending money. I'm done doing all that stuff. Uh, so what I did is I JV'd, I joint venture with other people who were, um, you know, getting phone numbers, getting lists, getting addresses. So in this example, there was a, um, a gentleman, I, I, let's rewind that a little bit. The way I found people to JV with is I went to a lot of the Zooms, I went to a lot of the trainings that consume a lot of information Now answer people's questions in the private facebook page so i would be in these facebook groups and i would answer questions people would ask questions and i would answer questions and there's a common misconception that the people who are asking for help can't help you conception mm. if someone's asking for help like they can't help you i was like look i don't know how i can help people but if i know the answer to that i'm gonna do my best to answer it i did that religiously religiously i remember this guy he had a question about mobile homes and something like that. I remember I just read up on mobile homes. So I answered his question and then he, he called me He's like, can, I, can we get on the phone? I got on the phone with him. I, I helped him out. Cool. Two weeks later, he had another question about like, uh, HELOC's home equity line of credits. And I knew the answer to that question. And I answered it. He's like, can I get on the phone? to?" So I got on the phone. I help him. And he's like, Hey man, like, you know, you really helped me out. What can I do for you? I'm like, oh, no, don't worry about it. He's like, well, what what are you doing right now in your business? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, calling people sellers. I've I've been practicing role playing so I can talk to sellers. And he goes, you know, it's funny. I've got 84 sellers that I need to talk to. I just haven't had time. Why don't we talk to call them together? And if we get a deal, we split the deal. And I'm like, that's yeah. I was like, that's perfect. Let's do it. So we JV on these 84 sellers. We're like, okay, we'll go through the list. Anything we get out of this, we'll split it. Evenly, and we'll start. And so we, we, we talked to each other every day. We went through the list, and I really had a hard time. I was like, really, one of the first times where I was really talking to a lot of sellers. I was nervous. I was biting my fingernails. I was going through it. I, I had a hard time negotiating, and I actually didn't get a single deal from it. But he did. He did. He actually was able to get a seller and get a price and send a contract. And celebrating, we we're happy and we we're like, where's the property? It's in South Carolina. Do you live in South Carolina? No, I live in New York. Do you live in South Carolina? No, I live in Virginia. Right, so what do we do? I was able to find somebody because I was networking who lived fifteen minutes from the property. I I asked her if she'd take photos for us. She did, and she said, Do you guys have a buyer? I said we said no. She said, I I might know a couple guys I might be interested. We said, if you bring us a buyer, we'll split it three ways. <laughs> right. We did. We did. We found a buyer who paid us $12,000. We split three ways. I got $4,000. That was my first deal I've ever done. I never talked to the seller. I, the buyer. I just happened to put myself in the right group. No, I, I love, love
0: that. It. I love that because this is a good segue. Um, I've kind of kept this on the low, but uh, for people following me, I'm... I'm creating a program called like the strategic partners program and the overall concept of the program is it's basically just carving because I got it basically similar. Like you, um, the whole idea of the strategic partner process is just being good at a particular skill and being able to leverage it into as many opportunities, whether investments, whether partnerships or whatever, but just focusing on the one thing that you're good at instead of trying to because everybody has this idea or mentality that you either have to know everything or you have to know the entire process of investing or you have to have a huge amount of money. But really, when it boils down to it, you really just have to know one one piece of the whole puzzle and you can insert yourself into as many deals as possible. When I got started in real estate, for me, I was good at running comps. I don't know why, but I never really loved math or anything, but I saw running comes more of like an art and I was really able to like, see, okay, this is what this other buyer bought. And this is what the property looked like. This is what ours looked like. And, you know, from just putting myself out in the field and trying many things, I was like, okay, we can probably do this rehab for X amount of dollars. And it allowed me to start JVing with people like, hey, maybe you should price it this way. You know, I think I know a buyer this way. And um it, it helps you get started faster than people that try to do the acquisitions, the dispositions you you want you want to go do go view the property in person just so you keep a whole chunk. what ends up happening is you just delay your starting time versus like you guys said, you guys took one deal that he could have decided to keep it for himself but then he wouldn't have had somebody that could you know he wouldn't have had your network to find somebody to go view the property. And if you guys didn't find that lady who could view the property, you wouldn't have found a buyer. So it's just, I just love that you gave that example because, you know, it just covers
1: what exactly strategic partnership is about. If he had all, if he had to call all 84, would he have even made it down the list? Mm. Because I was calling half and he was calling half. So now he didn't have 84 to call. He had mm. a, you know, 40 call. And he was like, that's way more reasonable. And we called together and we held each other accountable for, I think, like six weeks so wow yeah, who knows like he was he he had those 84 in his system and his pipeline for for weeks and weeks and he didn't even start right. so you know, that's exactly just, what I was about to say. even more importantly him
0: finding you helped him even get started deciding like you know what i'm going to even call this list that i've been sitting on that that's that's really that's really cool so you got your first lead four thousand nothing compared to the 50 plus thousand that you've already spent into the mentorship, you you know, before we even go a bit further, what kept you going? I mean, I understand now you're in the sub two group because you say you're already like three months in and you hadn't found a deal. What kept you still going within the sub? What stood out for you in the sub two mentorship that kept you going that, you know what? Uh, let me just keep going. Three months in, I'm going to keep going. I'll keep providing value. I'll keep networking. I'll keep trying my best. What really kept you going?
1: It was, I I believed it, I believed it was possible. I, like, I never gave up on, um, you know, being a business owner and having my own business. And, And I always wanted to be in real estate. I loved real estate. I loved creative finance. The other groups I was part of, they, they, had some classes on creative finance, and I love them. I just wanted to be in you know in the field doing it. I remember joining Sub Two and seeing Pace Morgan talk to sellers, and the way Pace talks to sellers is so natural. It's such a it's such a flow conversation. I loved it. I was like, that's how I want to talk to sellers. Mm -hmm. And so I'm listening to Pace's conversations like on loop all day and all night. I would just listen to his seller calls until I could. I felt like I grasped the spirit of it. And I really believed it, man. I believe that if I really tried my best, if I was engaged and committed, something good would happen. And it did, like that first deal was awesome. And then that led to a second deal where we made $14,000. I actually took that $4,000, started a small company with a few people. We we called some sellers, we made $14,000. Now we had like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars in the pipeline, and I spent all of it. My first company I made went bankrupt. We lost all that money, completely lost all that. Money. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did not know how to effectively spend money on generating leads. So I hired virtual assistants. I pulled lists, and it just wasn't working. And I, I didn't know that. You know, when you pull a list, your filters have to be so fine-tuned. And if your filters aren't fine-tuned, your guys are just calling nonstop. And also, the dialers were not properly working, meaning they were getting a lot of disconnections. I wasn't rotating a phone number, so a lot of the phone numbers are showing up as spam. I did <laughs> I did not know all these things. So we spent so much money and I'm like, let's just get a lot of leads. And I just dumped that money. I spent that like 18 grand in three months, we ran out of money and we we're like, you know, barely any leads, not really any motivating leads. And we were, yeah. and I didn't give up I started another company and I got a partner to your point who specializes in list pulling in training assistance. And in data, and he's like fine tuning. He's like, We're gonna pull this list of this many records. He looks at the data. He goes, This list is like getting this good response. He's rotating numbers every three days. He's rotating phone numbers. He knows all this stuff. He's been doing this stuff for three, four years. So now he's my partner in my wholesaling business, and now we're getting amazing leads. And now my job is to train our salespeople
0: to close the leads. Difference. that's that's just perfect man uh i i i didn't even plan on speaking on i'm so happy about this so far because you know i never even planned on speaking about the strategic partner program or anything like that but you're just so much like honing in on why it's important for people to strategically partner up in sub two we call it squatting up it's it, yeah. we, it, it's it's just the whole and if for those of you that don't know the sub 2 community that's one of the main reasons why everybody that you see in the two community absolutely loves the community um mm-hmm. it's it's a sense of just the the togetherness it's knowing that you're in a in a place with people that have the same mindset as you the people that are thinking the same way about business as you are and you know they're willing to go above and beyond and provide value with integrity right. because it's one thing to provide value with a means to an end it's another thing to just provide value with integrity just to see that other person win. Um, and to touching that like I'll even give you my my actually joining the sub two mentorship like a couple weeks later, meta died, brought me a deal. I went to go see it. Um, the first deal. It was an absolute mess. The sewer is backing up. It was supposed to be a creative deal, Sub2. So I was happy, like, wow, I'm only in this mentorship, like, two weeks, and I'm coming across my first Sub2. I was, like, happy about it. I went to go see it. The sewer was backing up. The foundation was wrong. So luckily, I took an inspector with me, and he was just like, man, just stay away. This is a whole mess. Um, And later on, I found out that the guy was in the Sub2 group. So I was like, hey, man, this is what my inspector told me, just personally letting you know so that you don't waste your time trying to push this deal for this price when it's an absolute no deal. Um and then the next week or so he brought me a novation deal and on that deal I made like I did that deal first of all with no money out of pocket which reinforces his um strategic partner. I found a lender that was willing to finance the rehab. Um Let's
1: t- break this deal down. Hold on. Let's 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 break this deal down because there's a lot of Jargon in this, and I, I really yeah. want your viewers to understand because this is really cool what you did. You're able to, I understand the jargon, and, and yeah, wrong <laughs> here. So, for, this guy brought you a deal, was a deal, and guy brings you another deal in a couple weeks. Yep, and this second deal is where the seller will sell you their home, yep. and will wait paid until you fix it up, yep, and then you. the open market and then the buyer will come in with the money and then from the money the buyer comes in with it pays the seller off and then it pays you the difference
0: exactly
1: so that's an
0: ovation a nutshell for anybody that doesn't understand it's a way for you to i believe that's that's every flipper's dream you know this market is weird but if you guys can find novation there is money to be made because you're saving on so many fees. Because when I went to the property, I actually weren't actually even thinking of renovation. The seller just really wanted 60000 Um, And I mean, the seller wanted sixty eight because they wanted to pay off their mortgage. It was their second house. They were trying to do the rehab, but they were just done with it. And I was like, hey, man, the most I can pay from the comps I'm seeing right now is $60,000. You know, I. This is, I'm just new to flips and I like to run my numbers, very conservative, going back to just being comfortably speaking with the seller. I just let them know, Hey, I'm not this huge company. I haven't been doing this for years. So I'm very, very, very conservative when I'm running my numbers, it just can't work at 68. It might just be an extra 8,000 to you, but to me, it could make a difference between whether I make money or not, you know? So I, them and immediately he whispered in my ear was like, you can do agree on innovation I'm like, I mean, I've only heard Pace talk about it like once, but I-, I, can, I can try and talk to them. And then we spoke to the sellers. They were a little bit, you know, antsy. The wife wasn't sure. She didn't know. I was like, hey, to make it even better, I'll make you feel like you've sold the property. I'll pay your mortgage, pay the utilities, pay anything that you need to be paying on the house during this entire process. So it just feels like a long escrow. It just feels like our escrow is taking longer than normal, but you won't have any responsibilities towards the house. They're like, "Hey, that's fine." Got in, did the whole deal. I think based off of my cash on cash, I was like an eighty percent cash on cash based off of how much I put into the property and how much I made back.
1: Again, so <laughs> so. First of all, eighty percent cash on cash is a dream come true. That's a unicorn. Game, first of all, Got unicorn. That's- you're doubling your money. You're close to doubling your Pretty money. Much. But let's let's break it down. So There was a seller, and a husband and wife, and they're like, look, Femi, we, we will sell you our house for $68,000. Yep. And you ran numbers, and you're like, $68,000. I'm going to write you a check for $68,000. It was a little too much. I'll do 60. And they didn't want 60. So mm-hmm. what you said, you said, look, I'll give you the 68. But don't sell it to me. We're gonna get it under contract that I get to fix it up and I get yep. to list it in the open market for whatever price I decide. Doesn't matter, none of your business. I get to sell it on the open market, and once the once yep. it sells, yeah, on the, on the market, you'll get sixty eight thousand. You yep. liked it. Like, well, I get more money that way. I just gotta wait on my money.
0: Yep. And that that was that was that was just really important because it wasn't a thing about speed and um it goes down to you know what we we talk about you know it's identifying the the main reason or the main motivation of the seller. Their motivation wasn't exactly like speed. They just wanted a certain price and they wanted convenience, knowing that the property will be taken. They don't have to deal with some so many parties. They don't want to talk to too many people. They were so antsy about the whole situation because they didn't want the house to go into foreclosure. So it was just identifying that, like, okay, you know what? Price is the main thing for these people. So even if I keep repeating, I'll close in 30 days, I'll close in 20 days, that didn't matter to them. They didn't care about any of that. So I figured that out, and I'm like, okay, you know what? You guys are not in a hurry. Like Monif just said, let me go in fix this i'm even looking for somewhere to put my guys to work so i'll get them in there let them fix this up we'll list it and once we list it everybody gets paid i'll make sure you get paid first your mortgage is cleared off and taken care of and then whatever else flows back to me if that is okay
1: so how much did the renovations cost you for that project
0: so the renovations at first, I was estimating a quick 12,000, but that rapidly increased to like 28,000 um, with everything mm-hmm. I had to do into it. So that went for me, you know, first of all, I, I rose only like 10,000. I was like, okay, whatever else the difference, I'll put in the money. But we saw, I, I started seeing from like week two, like yeah, 10,000 is not gonna be enough. <laughs> it's not gonna cut it. Raise another extra 18,000 in the middle of the project.
1: You, what, tell us a little bit about that. So you didn't use your own money to do the renovations.
0: Zero of my money. Not even the earnest money deposit. Even the wholesalers that told me the deal, I told them, hey, you guys have to wait till everybody else is getting paid. You're getting paid on the back end. And surprisingly, it worked. You know, at first I told them, you know what, to sweeten up the deal, I'll pay you. Because the guy was like, hey, man, whatever, being part of a community, he was like, you know what, I just want to make sure this deal gets closed whatever you can pay us as a marketing fee, we just wanna recoup our marketing fee. Um, I was like, hey, that sounds great, but I I don't like being greedy. You brought me a really great deal from what it seems like. I'll give you 4,000 for sure. I wanna make back at least 16,000 at the time because I thought the house was only gonna sell for 120 something and I was only gonna spend 15K. So I was like, hey, once I make 16,000, whatever else over the top, we split 50-50. Oh, that's like, really good yeah i was like there's enough money on this let's split the money you brought me a great deal you guys could have very well did this deal or said this to somebody else but you brought it to me so you deserve to eat from the back end too um they agreed to that got in started doing the work and the cost that are going up and it was just a conversation i got back to them i was like hey
1: right
0: i, I can't come up with an extra eight thousand out of nowhere um and just with conversation again, I just decided, you know what? Let me let the realtor know what's it because at first we we're thinking, oh, should we hide this and just try and sneak it out? But I was like, you know what? There's no point. I don't want to put her in an uncomfortable situation with her buyers explaining to them yeah. why they're leaking two days after they bought the property. And we spoke to them. Luckily, the con- the, the buyer was a contractor himself. And he said, you know what? I know about this problem. Don't put it on the disclosure. I'll take care of it. Just credit me back six thousand when we close, which I will put that into repair in the basement. So that's how we made that deal work. Sold it to them for 145. Made no! back I, it, it was crazy. We sold it for 120. I was only thinking I was gonna sell it for 120. So imagine so. a deal: 68 to the seller, 28 in repairs. All my realtor fees and closing costs and everything, roughly about 12 ish thousand and some change. And the rest was mine.
1: Like. So, no, let's do this. Hold on. So, you (laughs) sold for (laughs) one Yes. Okay. And then 12,000 for selling costs. Selling costs? Yep. Okay. You spent 28,000 on the rehab? Yes. Okay. So, you're at 105. And then out of the 105, you gave the sellers. Sixty eight thousand. Sixty eight. So you're at thirty-seven out of the thirty-seven
0: now out of the might, thirty-seven
1: uh, you got you twenty, right? Yeah. And you're splitting with the other guy.
0: No, so into that, um I had to some of it or interest from my lender. I, I just gave him a chunk interest. So it wasn't a like a, a like a curing interest kind of thing. It was just like, hey, give me this money, I'll give you four K on the back end. For your money. Okay. The matter how long the
1: deal takes. So 4K to so you, him. Okay, so we're at 37, so minus 4 is at 33. Yeah. So it's 33. And then out of that 33, you took 20. Yep. Gave them four.
0: Gave them four up front. And then the rest were even. You took 20,
1: of so 33, you took 20 and you gave them four. There's nine. So you made twenty four and a half thousand dollars. Yes. For twenty thousand
0: that was not my own money. For a deal that I did not find for a deal I did not do the work.
1: You didn't find the deal. You didn't actually pick up a hammer and do the work yourself. No. You didn't you didn't you you didn't even um use your own money. That's the coolest part. Made like above twenty grand, man. You made like like close to twenty five
0: grand on this deal. Sick. That was, that was, that was a crazy deal.
1: That's how much some people make in a year, you just one.
0: You know, and that, that's the craziness. And, you know, all that came from just being part of a community that changes your mindset, that helps you, you know, really dive down and really focus on helping each other. Um, and to now we're lifelong friends. I'm lifelong friends with these guys. Whenever they find a dude, they happen to be working in a market that I'm not really an expert in. So I don't really buy their deals that much, but anytime they come across a creative deal, they send it my way because they know like, I'm willing to work with them. I'm willing to make the deal work if it makes sense. And that's just, that's just from me, just knowing what I was good at and just doing just that. So that's what the, the community did for me. And I heard like all the things that it did for you, but um, we've, we've gotten so sidetracked into that deal, but I want to bring the focus back to you. So you started doing deals a little bit more. So now, what is your company doing? What scale are you at compared to when you were just getting started in the in the community? Uh, the company, do, a little bit idea of like what you do now. Everything you do.
1: My now, I'm no longer getting on the phone with the sellers. I'm I'm teaching my people how to do that themselves. I know if I sit down and I put my nose to the ground and I I, I call you know 20 30 people a day we're gonna get deals but that's not scalable and I have no interest in doing that on a long term so I've got a team a sales team that I'm training during this podcast I just got a text message I swear to God 11 okay, 11- hey when I hey when I call our seller Gina in a few minutes if they're ready, um, they're moved forward with the paperwork. I'm actually working the Seahawks game. I won't be able to do it. Is there any way I can pass it off to you? Literally, my guy just got a verbal on a and this is like, like this. This is the the, the fruits of the labor, right? Where <laughs> I've got as salespeople I've trained how to have these conversations, and they they go and they execute. They go, they call the seller, they nurture the leads and they execute. So now where I'm at in my business is I'm producing contracts through my salespeople. I'm producing results, producing results through other people. That's really what I'm focused on in Ninja Acquisitions, right? So we've got Ninja Acquisitions. I spend, I kid you not, I spend 10 hours a day, five days a week with my salespeople. Sometimes on the weekends, if they want to go on the weekends with me, I'll get on the weekends. Like yesterday, I spent three hours with couple of my guys and they, they just call, they're calling, they're, they're learning the sales techniques. They're learning, you know, the pull away method. They're learning how to build rapport, how to build credit credibility. We actually have a website now, funny enough. So we have a a website. So that's really cool. So that's, that's a lot of what I do right now. Our target is right now. It's, um, our target is to get uh, six figures a quarter in revenue. So sorry, six figures a month in revenue. Uh, three hundred thousand a quarter. So I, I met with my partners, and it's we're not there yet. We're like, we're we're a fraction there, but we're at the cusp. We're like, okay, if we actually optimize these processes and fix these bottlenecks, can we realistically hit three hundred thousand dollars a quarter? And it's funny, Femi, that goal. That goal isn't something that we're saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hit three hundred thousand a quarter next quarter. That's not our goal. It's actually the goal for the first quarter of next year. Mm-hmm. That's our we're like next year first quarter we're gonna hit we're gonna hit three hundred thousand dollars in revenue first quarter next year. So our goal for this quarter is to push our salespeople, our systems, and our processes, and give us a runway so we can actually hit that goal. You see what I'm saying? We're not like trying to be like, okay, like unrealistic, where we're like, okay, we're going to go from making, you know, 40, 30, 40,000 a month to a hundred thousand a month in, in, in three months. Well, no, we're going to now analyze our current systems, processes, sales techniques. If we need more people here, or less people here, we're going to analyze that and prep the entire company in one similar vision. So January 1st through, through March 30th or whatever. They're, they're hitting those numbers. So that's our goal.
0: That's that's awesome, man. To see from starting from 4K after three months in the mentorship to now being on track to be able to make six figures every month and 300,000 every quarter. That's insanely good. And not only that, you know, Miff is absolutely downscaling this. He has an insane amount of creative deals that he buys every time. <laughs> Raising money every single day, um you're about to take down, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your your latest project which you're raising money for. I know you're about to close on some Airbnbs. Um okay. yeah, tell us a little bit about that.
1: How did that come about? Yeah, yeah, so that's that's different. That's an interesting um question. And so that is not my whole business. My whole selling mm. business is it's this baby that I'm nurturing. Mm. Um, it's one of my one of my contractors. Let me can I take this? I'm so sorry. He's calling. You know what? We'll we'll play it live for This is a real project going on. <laughs> hey, what's up, Hector? I, I mean, so. So we're here uh only for again, getting two more gallons of paint and fort uh, with the gallon that we took yesterday, it's not enough. Okay. So yeah, because we were just gonna paint uh, the, the the that one wall that you said, but. Obviously, we noticed that other wall from the living room needs more paint, so we're just gonna paint the whole wall. So smart, yeah. I I, I think that's yeah. really smart. Thank you, thank you so much. So basically, yeah. they're gonna call me. Okay, yeah. Are they gonna Are they gonna yeah. need my credit card again and all that stuff, or do they have it on fire? I'm not sure they have it on I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay, no problem. Yeah, if they call yeah, me, okay. I'll, okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll go get my credit card. Sure. One, one second. All right. All right. All right. Okay. okay. Thank you, Hector. Right. I'll be right back. Give me a Give me a second. Oh, there they are. Hey, is this Home Depot? Hi, this is Jordan from Home Depot. Hi, this is Manif. Um You've got Manny and Hector with you? Yes. Excellent. Do you guys have my my card on file, or do you need my information? again? Uh, let me
0: see. If you can you can if you once you're calling out the numbers
1: order yesterday, I think, or the day before. Um, it doesn't look like we have your card on file. No problem. I'll give you my card information. <laughs> And then use the total. 22201. 22201. Sorry about that i apologize no you did man. man did um i'm did, so not sure if it muted while i was saying my credit my credit card number i hope it did but if it did
0: <laughs> i muted it on my so it wasn't playing out
1: oh okay, yeah cool yeah i was like you know what now everyone will have my american express number, so.
0: <laughs> might have to get a new card <laughs>
1: Yeah, so American Express is amazing. So I use that for everything. I get massive amounts of points. So I put all my renovations on my American Express. And you know, I've got private money. And I'm going to make that money back anyways when I resell it or whatever I do. And then what happens is because American Express processes it, I get points. And then I travel for
0: free. That's that's a good hat. That's my next card that I'm targeting to get. I was trying to get, to get into get- navy first but amex is my next on my list i really need that no points so that i can start because the atlanta meetup after that one i was like i definitely need to start going for a lot of these meetups because it was just it was just fun like that was like the first main meetup that i actually went um i don't know maybe because it was more younger people all around most of the you know real estate investment association meet meetups just a bunch of older people there. There's not many that much networking or information shared, um, except right. if you put more information. So that was a little bit different. That was that was really fun. That was real fun.
1: I know. That's where that we met there. That was, that yeah. Was super dope. That was super dope. Yeah. Well, I love that. I've been not doing meetups for a while as I build this company, scaling what I'm doing. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some of my businesses. Uh, I know yeah. that's where left off before I...
0: Um, yes, please. Let us know. So you have Ninja Acquisition, which is your wholesale side. What else What else does Munif Saza do?
1: So I've got multiple businesses um, and like think of them as just different groups of businesses. So everything's structured and maybe this is a conversation for another day, but everything's structured through holding companies. Yeah. Where there's a holding company with you know, um, that gives me anonymity and the holding companies held in a trust somewhere in like state of Wyoming or something like that, where right. <laughs> really, if you're really like trying to figure out all my assets. It's really very, it's very difficult because you really don't know if I own it or if my partner owns it or somebody else owns right. it or trust. So it's very hard to figure out like Ninja, Ninja acquisitions is it's a, it's a subsidiary company, but it's held by different holding companies that are held by holding companies. So it's really hard to even know, you know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a manager here. <laughs> I work there, but like does the money go to my LLC or does it go to another LLC that is a path through for something that I right? So that's, that's very difficult and it's, it's important to set up that corporate structure for yeah. there's a lot of people who are bad agents who, Will sue you for because they know you make money, and yeah. so this is one of many ways to protect your assets. Of course, you get insurance, business insurance, and um, you know real estate umbrella insurance policies. Those things help, but right. some people will try will you know go for you. So, you, I like to just have that. It, it, it's cost I think it's totaled me about like fifteen thousand dollars legal fees to set everything up total. Yeah. yeah, including the trust and stuff, but it's worth it. I think it's worth it what I'm trying Definitely. to do so it, it's it's helpful, it's helpful to talk about everything in my in conglomerates so it's like there's the ninja conglomerate I've got multiple partners there and we, we we do wholesaling I love that because wholesaling is is market independent meaning mm-hmm. I can I can always wholesale if the market's doing well I can pay more for more for properties I can actually pay over my maximum allowable options. Like, like when I put my, my numbers in the calculator, I do my comps and I have my max level, if I know the market's crushing it, I can actually go 10% above. Sometimes, you know, we saw in this market, you can go 20% above your max level and you'll still sell the deal the market's going above. Yeah. When it's crashing, you do the opposite. You go 20% below, 10, 20% below, and you go, look. Probably paid two hundred thousand if I bought it today, but I know that in three months, the max of this would be one hundred and seventy five thousand. So I'm just gonna offer one hundred seventy five now. So right. my buyer, he's happy to buy it at one ninety now instead of two twenty now because he's thinking ahead. If someone's flipping now, they're like, man, I'm you know, I, I'm normally buying this property at two twenty. So mm, I'm a little scared to flip right now. Yeah, but then I. I see Munif offer me a property. I'd buy it at two twenty. Now, right now, I'd buy it at two twenty, but he's offering it to me at one ninety. Mm-hmm. That's a steal. I, like that's I'm an idiot to turn. Like I, that's that's so deep. Like I'm literally that's for me, knowing me me knowing in in four months, five months on the back end when he sells it, that steal now could be like oh my god, I, I actually was able to make some money. Because the prices did drop drastically
0: so holy cow
1: and i got it as a steal but um man if it was if i paid normal price for it i I might be losing money or breaking even no i I think
0: that's great you touched on that because that's that's something that's because i haven't really dived into holding properties right now i've been doing more flips and that's something that has really stopped me from buying so far to where now I'm you know putting things in order for me to start you know holding properties because flipping right now especially here in Cleveland where the market the margins are already thin and now yeah. it's like you're shaving it off already again on top of that and everybody is like panic selling or you know people are trying to list their properties and it's not going off the market I'm like you know what I'll just stay away from this. And I guess this is just the time for me to start sharpening that edge of, you know, being able to find, re- um, you know, rentals that cash flow greatly or practice my creative strategies so that I can start holding rentals. So Ninja is the wholesaling side. What else? What else is next?
1: So what? So that's that's for cash. That, that business is a cash cow. Because okay. I focus mostly on it because it can make money in market. That's the, the whole reason I said that make money, no matter what, you just have to adjust your strategies. Right. My, another, another group of businesses I do is, um, it's, it, it's the Airbnb holdings. I do. So mm. me and my partner Noah Hoffman, we are the primary partner but then we have a lot of subsidiaries with different partners. So it's like a, it's a group of, it's a group of, uh, Companies. Some of our partners are like Tracy Tran, Sub Students. One of our groups is Pace More. He's actually a partner in a lot of wow. these deals. So, all those groups, all those companies in that conglomerate are named after drinks. So, they're like <laughs> Coca, um, Chai, Latte, <laughs> uh, Green Smoothie. I mean, I've got like probably seven or eight LLCs in this conglomerate. That just do Airbnbs, and I have different partnerships in them. But primarily, everything flows to me and my partner Noah. Okay. And that is where we buy we buy properties using creative finance or cash. We raise private money for the gap. So if there's any money, the, the gap funding is covered by private money. And then we 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 turn them into Airbnbs that cash flow. And those are for holding. Those are for wealth. That's like, that's not cash. That's not a cash cow. We have done flips with those. Sometimes we'll re- renovate, a prop- uh, renovate a project, see it has equity, and we'll sell it. But most of these properties don't have much equity in them. Right. So we're, we're keeping them, and they're making us money every month because they're on Airbnb. So, how so do you,
0: in that situation where you're buying a creative and you bring a private money, do you are you guys? Are you guys making sure you're making enough so that you can pay the person, pay the mortgages, and also cash flow?
1: Exactly. We want a cash flow of at least two thousand dollars a month per property after everyone's paid. We want a net two thousand per property. And what's interesting is we we've been we've been growing that to a point, and, and I I I have very little direct involvement in that business because my job is to bring opportunities and raise funds. Noah, other partners, depending on the subsidiaries, handle most of the operations. So I'm actually uh, outside of the operational work. I'm good at communicating. I'm good at rallying people together. I'm good at social media. So I, I get a lot of opportunities from people. For example, this 21 unit portfolio in Pensacola, Florida, 21 houses in Pensacola, Florida, 10 minutes away from the Pensacola Beach, beautiful area, be- beautiful location. But the, the, the the properties are dilapidated, they're dilapidated. They're really, they need work and that the properties around them are not in great shape, but we looked at this and we saw, okay, this, this, this area has a lot of potential. If we put a big, nice fence, beautiful fence gate to make the guests feel safe and we Turn around, and we, we renovate each property, and we put a pool in the courtyard. We put some outdoor barbecues and some amenities, like like um like the the new vending machines. Like one of the ideas we had was like you know Japan has these interesting vending machines that vend like they'll they'll, they'll vend like electronics and like yeah. interesting things you know not soda like we'll have that. Or yeah. well, these interesting guests can like uh, you know uh, like luxury like like chocolates. Um, iPads, cell phone chargers, these things like you can you can have on vending machines, and um, even like a food truck. We could even have a food truck, uh, you know, or there on the property on the premise of people, you know, we could have a deal with a food truck. So it's like a little community, I mean, a little area of the village. You know, how much money can we make here? And the money we looked at the numbers, and it's ridiculous the amount of money that you can make in something like this. So we needed one point five million dollars for this. Product. And Noah and I went to different lenders. It was really hard we found it very difficult to get that kind of commitment from one person or one bank, especially when the idea is not a typical fixed flip, and refinance idea. you know what I mean? So we raised50,000 dollars uh, from about two, two dozen people we raised the we raised the entire 1.5 million. We, we did it over the course of a weekend. It was insane it was absolutely unreal wait, 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 Hold on.
0: you can't just skip over that so you guys saw you guys near 1.5 million dollars to buy this properties spoke to various um you know lenders and everybody was saying no um first of all why didn't you take no for an answer and just be like yeah you know what never mind i guess this can't work and then well- how did the idea come about to be like you know what let's break this into little chunks and bring x amount of partners in all bring in this amount of commitment and then what is the deal structure behind it like what's your the return you're making We guys plan to buy them out at some certain point what we, we need to get the full picture
1: sure so <laughs> the, the note getting are not because they thought the properties wouldn't make it but because their lending guidelines did not let them lend on that asset class. The asset mm. class was class commercial slash hotel. And these lenders were like, nah, like literally like our guidelines say residential. Like we love the project. We've had multiple lenders tell us, we love the project, but our guidelines just don't let us go go for this. So you know, we had this property under contract. This is a funny story. I put $50,000 of my own money on Damn. EMD, EMD, non-refundable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh because i believed in it and so you know i was prepared to lose the money because there was a there was a, there was actually a moment where the property fell out of contract and i released the money to them and everything so there was a moment where they had my fifty thousand, and there was no contract there was no there's no way i could buy the house because we fell out of contract but we didn't give up because we, we knew it was a good deal. The lenders we went to were only, they were lenders that we went through from referrals and they had only worked on residential real estate. Mm-hmm. And for commercial, we didn't go for the commercial lenders. And we really, there was a lot of lesson learned on that. And next time we do something like this, we're going to have lenders in our back pocket before we go forward. The commercial lending you can take up to three months and there's no way we had that level of time. So confidence based on the numbers, based on the data, based on even what the lenders were saying, this was a great deal. It's just the asset category was difficult for yeah. some of these residential guys. Yeah. So what what I did is me and Noah went to Pace and we we're like, hey dude, like, how can we raise the money for this? And Pace is like, Oh, just we're partners anyway on this, on this deal. We were partners anyways. You can raise the money in the community. Mm. And me. He's like, Hey, if you guys want to partner with me and Noah and Manif on this deal, go talk to them. And because Pace said those few, I held a zoom. We had a hundred people in the zoom, everyone wanted an event. I set 30 something calendar appointments, 10 minutes each over the course of two days, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, just vetting different people and getting commitments for the lending. And it took like, I want to say like 15 hours. Like nonstop, one-on-one. And this is where I shine, right? This is like, I, I just like, boom, 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 boom. Do I have a commitment? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. Got it. Wait in line. Next person, next person, next person. That's how I was able to raise $1.5 million over a weekend.
0: Man. <laughs> That's insane, man. And how many people were getting you saying? So you said 50,000 from how many people did you speak to over the course of that 15
1: hours? I to over 30, but not everyone was a good fit because if somebody, I would ask, I'd be like, like, when do you need the money back? And I feel like, well, I, I, I kind of like need the money back in like six months, but like if you need it for a year, no problem. Like not, like, I, not, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, not for this. Like, I don't, the renovations are steep. We're estimating we're going to have this done in six months or 12 months. But if you need the money back, like you shouldn't be investing on this project. Yeah. So. Like, whereas some people were like, no, I don't need the money. Like, okay, cool. Like it might take two years. Just, I want you to know. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. And I gave, I gave them ownership. I gave them straight up equity. Like, like Mm -hmm. they're equal partners like I am. And it's, it's, even when we refinance and they get their money back, I'm not making like, they're not going to own less of the project. They're going to be true Mm -hmm. partners with them. And I like that because it's just awesome. It's like, they never lose. They never keep equity. Yeah, they always keep their equity, and it's it's an attractive deal, and it gives me the experience of going through the syndication process. This kind of a deal is called a syndication, where you get a bunch of people and companies together, and you make one giant company that owns the real estate. Okay. I've never, done that and I've never dealt with this kind of money, and I like I. There is a question. It's like, are we going to have this kind of money, like one point five million dollars, sitting in our bank account? Like that's a lot. And I thought, no, there's there's gotta be a better way. So the idea we came up with, and it's it's actually pretty standard, is we're gonna give our money to a trusted, verified, vetted, track record, gold standard third-party company that's gonna hold the money. It's gonna have a website portal where investors can log in using a username and password to see the status of the project, photos, everything. Just like th- there's a one portal that, you know, they see everything that company's going to charge us a fee, of course. But what I want us to do is I don't want us to have the money. The operators, the guys, even, even my partners, I trust everybody, but I want to verify that yeah. everything's being done correctly. So when they need money, they need to go and prove, they need to go and get an inspection done of that. They actually did these part phases of the project, bring it to the table. They send an inspector, they verify, they put photos, they upload it to the investors, and then they approve the next phase of releasing the money. And that mm-hmm. way no one no person, like let's say let's say somebody, you know, gets replaced with an evil clone of them and they want to steal the money. <laughs> they physically can't. And, and that's that's how I wanna do it. I wanna have that gold standard where it's like everyone can sleep at night knowing like there's no one person with the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost like we're forcing ourselves to use a hard money lender that we hired that has the money. And then we're having to put ourselves to go through hoops because we want to do things in a, in a very correct, correct way with, with high integrity. And now every time we release money, you can see that being updated and you can see the progress photo. Everyone has access to all the documents. So it's, it's massive, amount of transparency. That's, that's
0: actually absolutely beautiful to 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 have I think that's a, a beautiful process um, I definitely love the name so I don't know if you if you want to share it for the people here sure I don't know if they'll have any use for it just now but I definitely would love to to know the name of that company Jupiter I think I think it's called Jupiter
1: Jesus. Um, I I don't really deal with that stuff Jupiter I think it's Jupiter or juniper.
0: You can always text it to me after the show too. That's fine. He said what?
1: Juniper Square. We're meeting with them next week.
0: Juniper. J U
1: N I P E R. Juniper Square.
0: Awesome. I'm going to take a, take a look at them. I think that's 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 important to 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 always include integrity into whatever you're doing, especially in a space like real estate. Where anything can happen, anything can pop up, and you don't want to be the one sitting with 1.5 million in your account, and something no, happens. It's...
1: No, that's too much. I'm like, <laughs> I do not want to be resp- I don't I, and like. I I don't want that responsibility. I want some massive organization that's got way more to lose. Yeah, than than five million dollars, right? Like that. That's a gold standard. That's an industry standard. Like a bank, you know. Yeah. and. and can like say like shit if anything happens like we're we're gonna ensure this much some some level of comfort where like i feel okay sending them that level of money Money, and paying for it i'm okay with paying for it out of our costs because like it's just worth it every every investor would be like you know every investor in our group is like okay two percent of our money goes toward making sure we all sleep at night cool like no problem cool right yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> cool. I mean, that's that's something I feel like everybody should do in fundraising because I've always wondered how that process would work. Um if I was to ever raise, I'm like, can't fr- 1.5 or whatever, how many million of like it's even it ever makes it harder to explain. It puts an extra pressure on the investor because now they really 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 have to trust you like, hey man, like no offense, I know Benif is a great guy, but it, it, you know, that's when a lot of explanations start popping up versus if you tell them like, hey, I'm not going to be with the money. you know, For us to pull any money, everybody going to know. Each time money is pulled and we're going to have pictures, we're going to have an inspection report, we're going to know why the money is pulled and for what reason. I think that just simplifies everything and makes it a no-brainer for everybody. So are you it, doing it, it a way where... Oh, go ahead. You were about to say something.
1: No, I'm just going to say... It decreases your risk exponentially. Now, when they're they're pulling one hundred thousand dollars for a project, that's the maximum exposure. So, if, if a mm-hmm. contractor run away, they're not running away with a million and a half, they're running away with fifty thousand or seventy thousand or thirty thousand. Yeah. You know, and, and that's way that's easier to swallow. And even like I per, like I make I'm gonna make the draws in an amount where like I personally would be able to come up with. So like if mm-hmm. if somebody stole thirty thousand from the project. And that was a big deal. I want to be able to say, look, this happened, but it happened under my watch. So I'm going to write a check to the company for $30,000, make it go away. Find the person who did this, you know, we'll, we'll pursue them. But you know oh, what I no. mean? Like I want to make the draws in a way where like this is lost. It sucks. We'll talk about it and we'll take legal action. But like, I want to be able to write a check and say, Hey, this is my integrity down the line. Here's my contribution. It goes away. We're good. And I can't do that with $1.5 million. <laughs> But I could do it with thirty,
0: right? So for this, the day, did your partners? So I want to understand the 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 legal structure behind everything. Now, did your the, Are the the people do have to be accredited? Uh, number one, and number two, is it a general and limited partner situation, or how, what's what's the whole structure behind it, and how are you able to do this? It's
1: a little confusing because of the time delay with the time pressure we had to close on this. So. The first round was friends and family and accredited only. That's it. So that mm. was 680 something thousand dollars to buy the property and things like that. Then the rest of the people are not accredited and they're not friends and family. So we're going to convert the project into a reg CF. A reg CF is a crowd fund. crowdfund. There's no, there's no limit. It just, it's a crowdfund and it caps us at $5 million. Mm. So that's what we're doing. We're converting it to a crowdfund, and yeah, there's no limit. So started as a.
0: I'm guessing that's a Reg D. I think it's called. Um, no,
1: D is. Um, I think a Reg D is where it's a cap of twenty five million dollars. Yeah, and uh, that's not what we started at. We started at a five hundred six B. I think that's what it's called. Five hundred six B. Yeah, and we started at. You thirty
0: five non-accredited and Okay. Exactly.
1: Friends and family. So you know, half a dozen people were friends of ours, like people we met in the community, but we never like pitched this deal to her and things like that. We, we became friends. I've gotten us their weddings, like we're like we're truly friends. Right. And about half accredited investors that were like, No, I'm accredited, so I'm good. So we, mm-hmm. we got we put that together so we could close on the deal and then for everybody else who I can't I can't ethically say, "Hey, we're friends," because maybe I met them through the deal, or I, I spoke about the deal. and Now we have a relationship, mm. so I have a track record of friendship, right? So like, like Femi, like if if I had a business opportunity, and wanted you to invest with me, we're friends. Like we yeah. we, we we've done deals together, we, right? We are like calls, like we're friends. I can't say that about. Yeah. It so um that's why we're doing the second, the second half of the deal in a reg cf crowdfund nice. and, um, and
0: for the crowdfund like what are the what are usually the limitations around it like do you have to go through a crowd fund website or you can that, just you okay.
1: spend about anywhere between five to twenty thousand dollars doing the legal paperwork to start the crowdfund mm-hmm. and um you also have to um you also have to have like a portal, like a website, where you know it's everything about you and you can't like, um, I, I think like anyone can join the crowdfund. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I I think that's what it is, but I'm not exactly sure about that that portion. What? But I know you-,
0: you guys, sorry to cut you up, but why do you guys decide to do it that way instead of just going crowdfund directly and still having friends and family accredited, non-accredited, anybody just invest? <laughs>
1: Crowdfund takes up up to ninety days, and I I had to go back. Remember, I, these sellers who fell out of yeah. contact. I had to go back to the sellers and say, "Look, I've got I've got the six hundred and fifty k cash from private investors," and they're like, "No way!" They're like, "We don't believe you." And I'm like, "Look, you don't have to believe me, um, <laughs> but I, I have." And I, I, I know you've got you know to find a buyer for this. Pain in the ass. And I know you have hard money and you're paying interest on this property because the sellers are wholesalers that bought it in cash using hard Mm. money. And they're they're losing money every month on the property. And I'm like, look, I got the money. Like we can do this in three weeks, or not, or you can maybe gamble and see if you can sell it. But I I guarantee you if you find another buyer, they're not gonna pay as much as we were willing to pay for it. (laughs) And they're like, Okay, we'll do it with you. Hundred thousand dollars EMD. And I was like, no, I was like, no, we're not doing it, and and that's where like having the 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 ice in your veins comes in, because mm-hmm. I I gave them fifty grand of my own money already, already there we have the money to to buy the asset and for me to get my money back, so we like we have a way to do this deal, and they're asking for a hundred thousand dollars, which I could easily like go raise and do, but I'm like, no, like I'm not going to go. What if something else goes wrong? Now I'm, I'm, I'm a negative 150, 000. no, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, I'd rather lose 50 than like risk another hundred, a hundred thousand on top of the 50. That's, that's at risk. So I'm like, no. And they're like, well, we're not going to do it. I'm like, okay, good luck. And they're like, well, do 75. I'm like, no, they're like, well, what are you going to do? I said, nothing. nothing. Give me three weeks. <laughs> I already give you fifty, and they were really upset. And I was negotiating. I was on Zooms negotiating with them. I'm not gonna do it. And um, at this point, this is funny. Where my partner Noah goes, we could give them the hundred. You know, I think if we get it, and I'm like, oh, inside. Because right? <laughs> Like, I I remember. Yeah, I remember getting so mad. I called him after the the conversation. I was like, dude, like, you you. I'm on this team. To do the talking, I'm on this team to negotiate. I don't do operations, I don't do. But when it comes to talking, like let me do it. And he was like, you know, he he got he got out. It was a very heated conversation. I he and he was confused. He was like, well, wh- well, you said that's something that's impossible for us to come up with the hundred, but it's not. Like I thought you you didn't know. And I'm like, bro, that's fucking negotiation. Like <laughs> just because. <laughs> Like just if, if we they thought it was easy for us to come up with a hundred thousand to put to put in escrow, you know, that then they're like, Okay, well, they're gonna fucking do it. But it it truly isn't easy for us, and we'd have to pay another ten, fifteen thousand in interest on the best case scenario. Yeah. Why are we doing this? They they can legitimately just give us three weeks,
0: right? And, <laughs> yeah. And,
1: like why are we why are we doing? I'm like this is why I negotiate, bro. If you just gave everyone what they wanted, you would never do deals. Yeah. And they don't they don't even really want it. They don't even want a hundred thousand in escrow. What they want is assurance That's that the CEO. deal. And so I know this, and I'm giving them assurance verbally. I need to put money on the table. And so this is a, a mindset thing. If you understand what people want, and you're good at communicating, you're good at figuring people out what they desire. You can do a lot of things without money. You can do you can you can make a lot of moves and get contracts without having to put a dollar EMD. So that really hurt the negotiations. I called them back and I said, "Look, deals off. That's what I. This is the only thing I could do. Like deals off. I have six hundred fifty thousand dollars ready to go. And the fact of the matter is, we lost fifty thousand, but I got six I'm gonna go buy something else. Good luck to you, I appreciate you, I respect you guys. I hope you sell it. I don't know in this market if it will even sell, and if it does, if you'll be able to even make a profit on this when you do sell it. I'm ready to go, I only want it three weeks. I can't do 100,000, I can't even do 50,000, I can't even do 20,000, I can do nothing. If you you don't wanna work with me and give me three weeks, no problem, I respect you, I, I, I respect your company, I respect your decision but I'm going to go buy something else. There's another deal somewhere else we're going to look at. We'd rather make money that way. Thank you. Goodbye. And they, they, came, they, <laughs> they, came, always back. they came back. We did the deal. They, they said, look, just out of respect, will you do a like $10,000 deposit? I said, fine, no problem. We wrote them a check for 10 grand, not a hundred grand, but 10. We closed in three weeks and we got the deal.
0: That, that's, man, everything, everything is just comes down to a negotiation um, and being able to read between the line. You know, if a seller is asking for a price or asking a certain price, it might not just be the price. You have to find out what, you know, what, what is the reason they want that certain price? Like, are they trying to solve a problem? Are they trying to pay for a certain thing? And if you figure out the main why, you might be able to create, come up with even more creative situations or suggestions for them on how they can achieve the same thing. Like for you, you realize like these people don't want a hundred thousand. They want assurance. They want to know that whoever is gonna buy is actually gonna buy. And you are able to communicate that to them and also educate them. They're like, hey, you're running, you're gambling at this point. If you decide not to sell to me, nobody else might buy this property. And even importantly, if they do buy it, you might not be able to recoup the cost that you make. And you know
1: that and for what three weeks of your time, yeah, <laughs> cool. That-
0: that didn't make sense, that didn't make sense. Like three
1: weeks or 650,000, I mean, it's a no brainer. Um, I had to feel and I had to, and that's why I didn't let my partner have that conversation. Cause he, me and him, it was both of our money for from our business that was at stake. And he, so, they could feel from him that he would miss that 50,000 of our money where I really was like emotionally done with it. I was like, fuck it. It's like, I'll make 50,000, make else. like I was done and they could feel that for me in my voice and my tone. I was like, Dude, I don't care anymore. Like, I, I hope that fifty thousand was worth your time. I know you're you're spending five thousand a month in hard money, and no one's gonna buy this for six fifty thousand. Maybe you'll sell it for five fifty, but I know you bought it at fifty. So, good luck. Best wishes to you, man. I don't even know how long this is gonna sit, but I've got money now. I can go buy stuff, and I can make more money. So, we're cool. <laughs> Like, oh man they call us the next day like we'll, we'll do it. we'll sign we'll, we'll sign and we signed and um we did the That's deal awesome,
0: so when the when is the the project is is closed now um i'm guessing so pro- renovation is going to be
1: we're we're now we we sent our contractors there they're, they're collecting it. like they're just going through everything with a fine tooth comb and they're going to come back to us we're going to make a renovation plan i'm going to i'm going to re-rally all the investors and what i've decided to do is i've decided to um not allow people to buy two shares mm. because get more people in because it's fun to be part of a project like this right. so what i'm going to do is i'm going to reopen some doors and say look the people who want to buy two or three shares i said let's just buy have you buy one give you a great experience and then open the door to have cool experience to be part of this project with me, Noah, Pace, and the rest of the team. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to this, actually today or tomorrow, I'm going to make a post saying, hey, we're going to reopen the door. Maybe four or five more people who missed out on the opportunity can get in on this and go from there. Come back in. Yeah.
0: What's going on? Okay, you're back. <laughs> Lose the, the lose, losing?
1: Yeah the connection
0: was breaking a little bit.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: But that's so, awesome, man. So that's the that's the Airbnb side. You guys are going. Is there anything else outside of the Airbnb side?
1: Yeah, the stuff. I'm doing stuff with you, bro. We're oh, doing
0: yeah. stuff? <laughs> we do have our rap business. That's that's pretty cool. I think that one is completely new and different. Um we're still learning the road works of this, but I, I really want to see what that would turn out to be. Um, yeah. And what that would turn so, into with that project. I,
1: I think I think that needs I think what we need for that. So just for the viewers to listen to to understand what um, the, the concept is, we're buying houses on creative finance and then we're selling them on creative finance. So we're selling houses where we don't need you as the buyer to go qualify for a bank loan to buy the house. We will give you the bank loan. You will make us a down payment. You will make us monthly payments and you will own the property. That's yep. the concept. And we have, you know, been having pretty uh, interesting challenges with that. Basically a lot of it's logistics of like showings and, and having appointments and things like that. And be, um, that's an interesting one because we brought I think I brought like a hundred thousand dollars of private money for that yeah. venture, which is cool because um, you know you didn't have to go out and raise the money or find five you
0: know
1: you've got a, you've got a business that you own and you're a part of that just has a hundred thousand sitting in the bank account ready to deploy which is, cool. which is cool. and um, we can turn we can turn that money pretty well if we do it properly um, you don't have to talk to the buyers or sellers necessarily as far as negotiating I will do that I'll handle all of that I'll have to handle the paperwork. But what's really cool is you know the market. You understand the, the Cleveland markets, which we're, we're focusing in. But you've got a lot of resources and connections where you can find these deals and opportunities and things like that, which where we can buy on creative finance and then resell them on creative finance. Yeah, That's the business.
0: That's 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 the business. I mean, I just you know, you 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 and love really opened my mind to like, you know what, like really even understanding the concept that I've been trying to even develop in my mind and it's just it just goes back to, you know, just finding different strategic partners because this same concept you can take into another market, like, hey, let me go to Florida, let me find somebody who really knows the market that I trust, that I know is understands real estate that is willing to work and like you said you figure out the two things that you're great at i know how to communicate with sellers or really anybody and i know how to raise money so really with these two skills you can go and build a multiple amounts of businesses and just finding the right people to run it and be on ground operating everything and i think that is super cool um and yeah that that that's that's just really super cool um Speaking of that, once we get off of this, I, I do, I I will shoot you a call.
1: We have to talk about something. But uh, I think we. So, I'm really excited about this business, man. Like, I've just been talking to some people, and I've had some ideas about this this business we're doing currently. Yeah. And I think it will help us as a team is having a, a cadence of communication that we do instead yeah. of it like things are coming uh, up and we're just. We're yeah, we have a cadence. Where we're like, okay, this is the time where we, we intentionally need to discuss the challenges and, and things like that. Um, where we set, we time lock to, to work on the business. I think that'd be really cool because you know, the three of us, every time you, me and love, we are synced up on something. It's like, there's a lot of momentum behind it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, let's create that. Let's create a structure where we have that because, as we do this business, which we just started this, like, it's like less than four weeks old, I think this business is. Yeah. <laughs> and we've already got like a 10th of a million dollars in, in liquid assets, liquid capital for the business, which is good. And we've got a piece of real estate that the business owns, which is good. Like, how do we, like, like how do we put this as a, as a higher priority in our day-to-days? Like, let's say we have, a, you know, I'll be like, oh, I got to go shopping for groceries on a Monday. and Maybe you and love are free. And it's like a sporadic thing. Right. I know like, if we talk about, like we're going to meet this time, I'm not going to go get groceries that time. That's not that important. I can get food delivered or groceries delivered. I can meet. Right. And we, create, you know, the game plan for that. But I'm really excited about this one. Like I love my Ninja acquisitions. I love, uh, you know, my Airbnb stuff, but by I, this business lets us become bank. And I've always yeah. wanted to be, Always, always, always. I think it's super cool. I think the
0: only, but the main bottleneck, number one for us, is finding how we can keep getting deals like that. You know, and more so, I think now shifting into properties that are even in better condition, slightly better condition, um, because that's what I'm trying to understand. You know, and different from you know your market or in Arizona, like how how people understand it, because what it seems like that I'm also seeing from being on ground here is I feel like the sellers are feeling like with that same amount, they can go do more. Or if we're finding people that are capable of actually going to buy on the market, I think that's one of our proper our problems too, because the last lady that was meant to see the house, you know, when I called her and asked her about the show and she was like, oh, I actually just went to go see another property and I think I'm going to move forward with that one. So it's the fact that most of the People that are interested, they do have the cash to put down, but they actually still also have good credit to go buy on the market. So when they go into the house and they see like, okay, still needs some work, they're like, uh, I can still just go take my credit and just put down money in a house that needs absolutely no work.
1: So what I I'm, I'm I think this is something I'm wondering, because I, I talked to Pace and he was like, you know, Pace Morby, right? He, he, he does a lot of this and he's like, I never... I used to renovate my wraps, and then I realized I don't make more. money renovating. I I never make more money renovating them, and I, I I'm like, okay, well, so let's not do this. But what what's got me thinking, man? The average wrap is 90 days to sell. Mm. That's that. That means some wraps will sell in a month, and some will sell in six months. Right. That's my, true. And here's my question. Here's what I'm thinking. Maybe you don't make more money renovating these wraps, but do they sell faster? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, is it worth it to renovate them if we get them off our books faster? And I don't know the answer because it could very well be, maybe we don't make more money. But we're able to pump this out a lot more faster. If it's attractive. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking, so I don't know, man. like like that's a conversation I wanted to have with you in love, and' because, like I'm like, well I know pace is right like I, he's he's so smart he's he's done I think hundreds of raps, I think, if not hundreds. I know he's done dozens, and his experience means a lot to me. he says he doesn't make more money when he renovates, so why bother renovating? But then uh, I think about it, well maybe in the beginning when he was doing all the renovations to wrap them, it was worth it because they get off his books faster. But as he's scaled, he doesn't touch them because it's not worth the pain in the ass and they will sell anyways. And he makes the same amount of money anyways. So why even bother? But now, but for us, this stage of our business, when we're, we have one wrap or two wraps, is it worth it to renovate make beautiful photos, stage them the whole bit? And when we have 17, 20 wraps, we don't, a shit anymore and then we're renovating and we're letting them sit for six months 12 months whatever and we make the same see that's what i'm thinking
0: i think i think that's actually a smart thought that that's actually really mm, that that's that's actually very <laughs> that just that just opened my head like that's actually very very true that's a very big question that we're gonna have to answer for ourselves and i think it might just be that situation I think maybe when he got started, it was more of, it, it's of more important for him to do enough. One, to learn. Two, to get it off of his books and get that money back and go put it into the next one. Exactly. Um, but then as you're scaling and you have multiple wraps available in different conditions, it's not really that much of a pressure to go renovate everything and you because make it, you, you make a lot of money. And number two even if this one that needs a lot of work is not selling right now, it's going to take six months to sell. The one that needs less amount is already selling. So you're still getting money coming in and exactly. then you can afford to keep marketing that one. And six months later, somebody comes to buy it, it's like, well, here you
1: know. Know. do for us. It's like, we want that proof of concept. We want that momentum. It is. I think it's totally worth it. Like, so maybe after this meeting, let's get, me, in Love. And let's figure out a game plan. Let's figure out a cadence. I'm very interested in, you know, shish, just concentrating our focus onto yeah. you know, something here. I, I know there's something here. We've got the prop. So we found an awesome property. We found an awesome deal. We we know, dude. dude we we cash flow like a thousand bucks a month as a rental. We kept it. We make a fuck ton of money on this. Let's get this proof of concept done. Let's get this off our books. And let's figure out the systems we want, where you know we don't have these bottlenecks, like people not showing up, you having to show up to the property, no one yeah, there. That's time. The challenges, I, I think, like one of the things we talked about is setting up Wi-Fi and setting up a ring camera and like a uh, door code, where people, you know, we we, we update the door code remotely. So yeah. if someone shows up, they're texting us, they're maybe they're texting you or they're texting you know someone, and they're like, "What's the door code?" We give them the door code, they go in, they come out. We change the door code. That's it, and, and and so like these are the little small improvements we're gonna make as we do more because we don't want to stop here. We, we want to do more
0: and more. And the thing is, off the top of my head, I actually have about two or three people that will buy the house right now if it's renovated. What they don't want to do, and they wouldn't so much put that much emphasis because it's also about the the mentality. You know, if we're looking about. Mentality of people that might be sitting on cash, maybe not that good credit. They're they're hurt. They really need a property to move into. If I see a house that in the next day I can just take my bags and throw it in there and go move in, I'm not so really worried about the cost that I'm paying on the back end. And I mean, America's even conditioned most people to live off of that way. What you're just really trying to see is, can I afford to pay it every month, and do I have the money to put down? to start paying it every month. Even when buying cars, that's what most people look at. They don't look at the overall cost of the car. It's like, how much do I put money down and how much am I paying monthly? Those are the two main factors when buying cars. So Mm -hmm. if we, and of course, now imagine I have to put $4,000 down and pay $600 a month, but I have to go fix the car because the engine is broken. Or I can go put $4,000 a month and pay six hundred dollars, but this car is all put together. Exactly, it doesn't exactly. say like somebody else is not going to put down four thousand and buy that car with a broken engine. But it takes a specific type of person with a specific interest to buy that particular car with the engine being broken. Exactly. So I think that's what we're running into here. It's like in this condition, there is a buyer out there. You know, we might run into luck and find the buyer in two months. We might run into luck and find the buyer in eight months. But we know that we're widening the pool of interested parties by making sure the house is in a good condition to work. Exactly. So I definitely think um, hopping on a call, let's, let's let's talk with love, too, and just see, like, what would be the strategy around that? Do we want to ride out September and keep marketing? Because the person we set up for showing on Monday, I don't know why, but he suddenly canceled the showing, too, um, yesterday evening. Um, so... We need to figure out, like, okay, should we write it out to the entirety of September? See what we can come up with, and then if not, maybe start looking into renovating the house, even if it's not even into top tier condition. Just putting in the basic enough to make it extremely livable and, can, you know, look like a nice property. If they want to now go in there and do marble tiles on the wall and complete the, <laughs> renovate the basement and the attic, that's for them to do but if we put the kitchen the bathroom put some flooring down put some paint to the wall and make everything look good we will definitely increase the pool of buyers that want to buy this property that's for sure i
1: agree i'm super i'm super interested in seeing what that looks like so let's let's definitely talk about this and it's cool for your audience because they get to see a legitimate you know hey here's a problem of a, of a business that many of are in analyzing it and here's how they move forward with it. That's, cool. that, that's, that's the whole aim. And
0: that's why I try to go off script with this podcast because I never really know the conversations I can stem off of it versus if I put bothers around, okay, this is what we're talking about. This is, then we go to this topic, then we go to this stuff. I just love to wing it and just really like just talk with the person and actually have a full on conversation and just see what it comes about. So some podcasts might only be 30 minutes if the person doesn't like to talk too much, but some of them might be two hours because me and the person are so locked in and we're talking about a lot of things. So that's how I just live it out to be. But I think, I think this is just, this, this is really wonderful. And I love the way you've structured everything around your business. And, um, you know, I definitely have learned a lot from you in this few minutes of coming. I I learned (laughs) something new from you, even from love every time we hop on the phone and we speak. Um, and it just really emphasizes to me to just find those few things that I'm good at and, you know, no, you know what, I'll let you wrap it up for the audience. Like, so for people that are getting started. And I mean, like I said, most of my audience, some of them don't even know the first thing about real estate, but they might be high income earners. You know, some of them might actually just be contractors, but they don't have any money. They don't really know much about investing. So I want you to wrap up the whole entirety concept to them. And what would you live them with if they want to get started doing, getting involved in real estate?
1: What would you sure. say so
0: steps for people like that?
1: So what I'll say is know what you're good, know what your skills are, know what value you can bring to the table. For all of my businesses, I bring the same thing to the table, which is the ability to communicate, the ability to negotiate, the ability to raise private money. All of these things can be categorized as sales. Mm. Sales is effective communication and problem solving. Effective communication, problem solving. Because if you're just a great communicator, what are you selling? What problem are you solving? What are you bringing to your, your customer? And then, you know, problem solving is great. You can be a great problem solver, but if you can't communicate well, then you're just an engineer. You're just somebody like, oh yeah, you should do this. And then that's it. But if you can communicate well, you can use strategies and techniques that are proven to be effective for communication. Like, for example, Femi, you've got $200,000 sitting in your bank. How much are you losing every year to inflation? I don't know, beneath maybe 10% a year. So $20,000 a year. Thanks. So you're literally like, that's a $20,000. I mean, geez Louise, bro. That's just a tax you're paying, $20,000 tax. Why don't you just, why don't you just donate $20,000 a year? charity better than just losing it to to nothing. Yeah, that's true. Hey, why don't you lend me the 200,000 and we can, we can make you, you know, 30,000 a year. Say, Hey, that's good. Now I'm not losing money. Now I'm not losing 20,000. I'm making 30. So if if you subtract the 20, I'm losing from inflation now I'm making 30, I'm actually netting 10, no work, this is kind of cool. Tell me more about this." And that's sales. I'm communicating effectively and I'm problem-solving. And that's what all I do across the board in every single business I have. I deal with a wrap business. I talk to buyers. I say, Hey, look, what's going on? Why can't you qualify for home loans? Okay, no problem. I offer home loans. I talk to my sellers. Hey, why can't you sell this house on the open market? Oh, you owe too much money. I buy houses where someone owes too much money. I take over the mortgage payments. I'm communicating effectively and solving problems. These are my skill sets, and I'm able to apply them to different businesses. So, for you as a viewer, you got to figure out what you're good at, what skill sets you like, develop those skills, and offer value to different people and strategic partnerships to make more money.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's that's just it in a nutshell. And then also, I know a lot of um mental decisions and mental push were required for you to get to this scale. Um, how do you feel, you know, what, what are the key mindsets that you feel my audience should tap into for them to be able to grow once they found that skill, where does mindset come into, what is your advice for them mentally on what they should start thinking about, um, and the core values that they should always put into going into those strategic
1: partnerships? So the mindset is the most important. It's the foundation for everything you do. So it's hard to say it in like a sentence, like, hey, here's your mindset. I'll say this. This is is the, the key crux of it is positivity versus negativity. You can break down thoughts and beliefs and people and energy around you as positive and negative. If you're around negativity, negative thoughts, negative people, negative mindsets, negative beliefs, that will hold you back. And if you're around positivity, positive people, positive thoughts, positive beliefs, that will bring you forward. I eliminate negativity from my life and I invite positivity into my life. I was in the Pentacola deal for the $50,000. I was actually kind of negative. I told my partner, Noah, bro, we we, we lost the money, man. It's over. And he was relentlessly positive. I have to give him credit for this. He was like, we'll figure out a way. We'll, we'll do this. We'll do that. I'm like, ah, that, was, that sounds like talking to 30 people and raising $50,000 from like you know all these people sounds like a big pain in the ass. He's like, no, it's not going to be a pain in the ass. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Mm. His positivity and me going, you know what, man? I'll go with you. I trust you. I'll go with you. Let's do it. It was his positivity that made the deal happen. And it was a huge, huge, huge lesson. Learning lesson for me because I always thought I was super positive and I didn't even know that I was bringing negativity to that situation. Even all I fall victim to it, everyone does. And the mindset how do I invite positivity and how do I expel negativity from my life? That's the biggest takeaway from mindset I can give you.
0: I love it. i I absolutely love it um thank you so much for spending this much time on this and really like breaking down each of your different businesses how you structure it you know you really you really held nothing back um and for those watching i hope you guys really take this and really understand that like real estate investing when it boils down to it it's very simple it's complex i'm not saying it's easy but it's simple the principles are very simple it's finding things that you're very good at and doing it exceptionally well, that people just absolutely wanna work with you. And once you get out of that, like Manif said, negative mindset thinking, oh, nobody's gonna to wanna to work with me, or oh, I've lost everything. Once you start thinking in positive ways, you'll start coming up with creative solutions to your problems. So if your problem is money, Manif raised 1.5 million in the weekend, you can do that too. Once okay. you know once you once you know what you're good at and once you know once people trust you and know that you can actually fulfill what you're saying you're about to go out and do, raising money wouldn't be a problem anymore. If it's finding deals, well, maybe you're just not looking in the right places. There are people with mortgages that need to be taken over. He's buying so many deals every month creatively. So if you say, oh, well, there's nobody that wants to give me their mortgage to take over. No, you're just not talking to the right people. So, and then if you say, oh, I don't have the capacity to work, Manif doesn't do anything in his wholesale business except talk to his sales team and he's on track to do six figures a month. So this really dismantles any belief that you have, whether you you have a nine to five or you have a job that you absolutely love, but you know you wanna be part of real estate. Look at the investors working with him in his deal they don't have to do anything, but in part of a very huge project, just because what they had 50,000 to put in to just get in the door. Now, from being part of that stuff, you might be, he's an open book, trust me, but it was a very open book. So I'm sure there's somebody out there that if they wanted to learn how to do this by themselves, just by putting that 50,000, it's like a free mentorship. It's like 50,000 plus a free mentorship and you have equity into the project there's no better deal than that. You get to learn how all of this is structured. You see how he's doing things. And now maybe you go talk to a bunch of your coworkers and you go put the deal together and just call Manif like, hey, can you find us a deal that we can do this? We'll pay you X, Y, Z, or come be part of the deal for us. And I'll tell my bunch of my coworkers, let's put some money into this. So it's all about thinking positively, thinking creatively and figuring out ways for you to do deals. It's not about your oh, I need to have 10 years working in real estate and have a million dollars in my bank account. So,
1: I'll tell you what, man. Like, I, I was telling you, like I treat my lenders and my partners like family. One of my lenders who, who invested $50,000 for this project, he was in Phoenix, Arizona. I put him in my guest house. I picked him up from the airport, took him out. He spent the day with me yesterday in my studio going through my team meetings. He wanted to listen to my all right. Ooh, he, sat, he sat down right next to me. There's a chair. I'll show you. There's a, there's a chair right here next to me. Wow. My office. <laughs> well, I went through my team meetings and he, he just was like just absorbing everything. And uh, I gave him, I actually gave him some strategies of what he can do in his business. And it's like, he's my lender. He's my partner. So of course, like, you know, when when you're in my shoes and someone's lending $50,000 for your project, that's like that's like more than family. It's like a yeah. level of trust in you. Like, I got you. Like, no matter yeah. what, like, I got you. Anything you need, I got you. You're a real one. And he is. And and so, you know, I spent the weekend with him. He's incredibly grateful. He now knows what to do in his business. And we're, we're good friends now. So yeah. If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram, Muneef Saza. So it's at Definitely. Muneef Saza.
0: Definitely. We also, I was about to let them know like let us know all the different ways that we can find you. Um yep. Instagram, Muneef Saza, on Facebook, same thing.
1: Yeah, Muneef Saza. I'm the only Muneef Saza I think on the planet. So
0: I'm going to look for another Saza and introduce you guys. Maybe that might be family yeah. if it...
1: there's there's like there's my family because my my last name's not um it's not a family name. My my like this is a fun story. My grandfather Created the name Saza for my dad, who is a middle child. It, our family name is Kausar, but my dad was named Saza because he had a dream. He had a vision of a man who came to him in a dream and told him that he'll have a son and he'll name it Malik Saza. And to, that's my name, my dad. And so we're the only Saza. There are some throughout the world, like small, random families, but I'm the only relief Saza that could find.
0: That's crazy. That's a cool ass name.
1: I wonder if,
0: me okay, no, they are. Anytime I try to search, <laughs> my name, I, see, I see like five other people pop up, but man, that was, that's, that's actually absolutely great. So one of a kind person you were speaking to, not only name, but also in the type of person you are, as a, you know, just as a person, you know, for me and you, you. Um, I appreciate you coming on my podcast. Definitely we need to structure up some meetings so we can talk about our own business too. Um and for those watching, make sure you follow Manif. Um make sure you also follow the Femi Daniel show on YouTube, on Instagram, follow Femi Daniel on Instagram. Subscribe, watch, share. There's an insane amount of value. I mean, this is one hour forty four minutes of just straight value to you guys. So I appreciate the share, I appreciate the follow, I appreciate the subscriptions. So thank you so much, Manif. Um and yeah, man, we'll we'll catch up soon. Let's 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 talk about our own business, and you enjoy the rest Thank you, of your brother. day. Say a to love for me. Um, tell us. Take it easy. Thank you. Take it easy.